your weekly fix of Asian music. This is Asian Pop Nation. Hey, you're listening to Asian Pop Nation. I'm the show's executive producer, Senya. You just heard Kim Woo Jin's Ready Now. And the first song we played was Prologue by Shota Shimizu featuring Aimer. And thanks so much for tuning in. We've got an exciting show lined up tonight for you, including myself, Aaron, Celeste, JP, and Leisha. We're going to be talking about some landlords in New South Wales who have banned renters from cooking with certain spices. We're going to talk a little bit about skincare losing its edge in the Chinese market, and a little bit about Avatar The Last Airbender and the new Netflix cast that has been announced. So we've got a lot more discussions alongside those. But we're going to jump into a song now by Hans Chen called Good Life. Keep it here on Asia Pop Nation. You don't want to miss a thing. You're listening to Asia Pop Nation. We played three back-to-back songs. The first was by Hans Chen, and that was Good Life. After that, we played Bish's Be Ready from their new LP, Going to Destruction. And the last one we played was by D. Gerard called Scientist, because I guess... When you experiment with spices in the kitchen, it's a bit like being a scientist. But one particular landlord couple doesn't really like that. So we here at Asian Pop Nation are going to break this down a little for you. Yeah, so recently a landlord couple in, I think it's Dubbo, yeah. Yeah, Dubbo, all right. New South Wales added the clause on the lease of all their properties, which means that residents can't cook with any spices that leave spells. And this couple wrote in a private Facebook group, that they would drive past at random during dinner to smell check. And yeah, just to make sure that, that the residents are complying and they inspect their pantries looking for things like cayenne, turmeric and paprika. And I just think that is so rude. Like, let me have flavor in my food. But yeah, what are your thoughts on this? That's like messed up, bro. I literally hate it. I hate it. <laughs> I hate on, it so much. Oh my god. <laughs> It's like, I don't know, maybe for some of these people, it's like food and stuff. It's like their one touch to their like culture and things like that. And you're pretty like, ugh, it's like, I don't know, for me personally, a lot of like, especially Indian cooking from my grandparents and stuff, it involves so much different spices and flavors. And if that happened within like my area and I just couldn't cook any of those like type of food anymore, I'll just be so heartbroken. It's It's really sad. I actually read somewhere about this girl who was an international student from India and she was living in an apartment complex and she'd often work or be at uni for the entire day and then come home make some food from India but then her neighbors would come in and knock on her door and complain and she got so scared that they would like kick her out if they kept on cooking Indian food that she just didn't cook anything that was from home for six months which I think is sad oh my god, it's so bad oh my god just like what's the list just, just what we don't want some flavor in our food is that too much to ask oh my god what do you think is sort of the differences in you know how when someone's having a really loud party is that okay to complain about compared to like the smell of emanating from your house like where I'd where's rather sort of the line? have the smell than have people playing music up until like 3 a.m in the morning yeah is it just because it's like disturbing having music while you're trying to sleep or yeah but I also I like the smell of spices I think it's grown on me as I've grown older so it doesn't bother me whatsoever whereas other people it may bother them depending on if they're exposed to good food you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah but Aaron JP, what are your thoughts on 
spice versus like loud music or disturbing neighbors? I think if we're going to compare the smell and the sound thing, I'd complain about both. So I, <laughs> really? make, no, I make no distinctions. It, like it depends. Like if the music is all right, then I'm fine. But if it's too loud, then I'll start complaining. I think same with smells as well. But the this whole thing, it's reminding me of a case that we talked about in some earlier episodes about, I think it was a Chinese student. He was trying to cook some noodles, but there were these special kinds of noodles that used like river snails and other sorts of ingredients. And it, the smell was so like confronting that everyone in the complex evacuated because they thought there was some sort of chemical leak. So it's tough, man. Like it's, it's true. Some people, they're not used to these sorts of spices, but like to what degree... I don't know. To what degree should people be negotiating these things? That's what I want to know. So like the question here isn't, it's not whether or not we should be racist. It's about how racist we should be. Oh. You know? I mean, spices <laughs> don't smell like gas. They just exactly. smell like spice. Yeah, that's the I thing. Love, no, spices are fine. Exactly. I love yeah. the smell of spices and love. It's like my indicator if the food's going to actually be good or not. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. And also, I think it's like the less mentioned it before that they actually go and inspect like the pantries and they're like driving around the neighborhood just yeah, to like, do a the sniff check. Part. That's so, that is 10 billion steps like too far. Oh uh, my goodness. Aren't there, aren't there actual rules against that? I feel like, like there just, is. Yeah. From the article I read about, there was like an interview with the CEO of the New South Wales Tenants Union. And they said that these clauses are technically allowed, but you're not allowed to just drive to your tenant's property and say can we inspect your pantries for certain spices it's only for like emergencies and damage so it's a bit anti-discriminatory so yeah that's definitely not something to condone but baron what do you think good spice is good spice bad spice is bad spice what's a bad spice anything that smells really bad like bad spice Like durian? I know it's not a spice, no, but like... <laughs> that's a whole different category. <laughs> yeah, it depends how old the durian is, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, wasn't there a case earlier? Um, like some durian that was left in the RMIT campus for yeah. like, a while, and mm-hmm. people are like, "Oh, oh there's like some chemical leak. leak. Yeah, some gas leak. The famous one. Yes. Yeah, it's just a durian. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. You kind of have to. It's a tightrope you really have to balance on. Yeah, it's like uh, one of those, if it's going to risk people's lives and people think it's a gas leak, they're probably okay to complain. But like, surely people can tell whether something is going to be a spice or whether something's going to be a flammable gas or a risk of people's lives. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and that segue for Celeste to bring us out of here. <laughs> all right so for those listening at home tell us your thoughts on spices um, being allowed in rental properties message us on facebook or instagram and twitter hey you're listening to asian pop nation we played triple hits the first was by dj snake featuring rick ross and rich brian called run it from the shang chi and the legend of the ten rings trailer after that we played lucky kilimanjaro's odori no aizu or dance signal and the last song we played was by triple seven a group formed by big and three i together called presente because 
Often when we dabble into makeup and skincare, we're presenting a new version and a more confident version of ourselves. So we're going to talk a little bit about something that's been happening in China relating to Korean skincare. So recently, there this may or may not be shocking news if you're, I guess, into the world of skincare and stuff, but... Apparently, Korean skincare is losing its edge in China at the moment, as more citizens seem to be like leaning more towards more like luxury Western brands, or even like and or even Japanese brands. And there just seems to be more of a market for global customers, in particular, to go for a more like simplistic routine with their skincare and stuff. Saying that apparently, sk- Korean skincare is increasingly becoming more. I guess, seen as more complicated and convoluted almost. Yeah. And apparently some of the interest in Korean products have started to begin to wear off around the time of the TAD missile crisis in 2017, when tensions over the deployment of the U.S. missile system on the Korean peninsula led to China banning its citizens from traveling to South Korea and also restricting the import of South Korean goods. So... I guess, what do you guys think about, I guess, Korean skincare not being seen as like, I guess, at the top of the list in terms of skincare at the moment? I'm surprised only because I went to Korea on like a summer program in 2018 and I met a Chinese student who also came over and she was so into the Korean beauty stuff. Like we'd go shopping (laughs) and just like Mm -hmm. trying to hunt for deals and stuff. But yeah. Do you think they're complicated? Like it seems to suggest they are? There is a lot happening and I only pay attention to like five things like my face cleanser, a serum, a toner serum and cream. And sometimes I'll slip in a face mask when I feel like it. That's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I I did not know it was that many things. There is a lot of stuff that they're all for a specific purpose. If you can be bothered, do it. It's good for your skin. But like if you're lazy, you can also just go for like one product. Just like cream, that's fine. Oh, okay. How about you, Alicia? What's your experience with Korean skincare? Um, I definitely like dabbled into it, like bits and pieces around it. But I think I, I guess I'm also in like in the boat of the, I guess the article, which is talking more about like trying to find more simpler routines because I genuinely cannot do the whole like ten step Korean. <laughs> skincare thing that I see on the internet all the time where they're like follow all these 10 steps and you have glowy skin (laughs) I don't have that much counter space for it and so I just don't have the time to actually remember to do it like all the time it's also super expensive too Mm, and it's just like I can't have 10 products and put it on my face every day exactly (laughs) yeah and now that like Korean skincare is I mean from my perspective, it's still quite popular. So there is like a market for it. So they're definitely going to hock up like the prices to be much higher and all that stuff. And yeah, it's a lot of, it's a lot of money that for a uni (laughs) student, I can't, I can't invest in that. When you're rich and famous, then you can (laughs) invest in Korean skincare. (laughs) But like, how long does it take to do that routine, the five product routine you've got Celeste? Is it daily or is it like mass I sometimes? do it at night and it takes mm-hmm. me like 10 minutes. Oh, okay. Because I only put a little bit on each time and I don't let it sink into the skin like you're meant to. I just like put it on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
JP Aaron, have you ever experienced like Korean skincare? No, Bro, I got no idea, man. This oh. is a completely new world to me. No one's I forced mean, you to wear a face mask before, like well, not the I mean, ones that we have to wear for COVID, but like the. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I've had experience with makeup when it comes to like school productions and stuff, because you know we have to put makeup on for lighting and stuff. But beyond that, I have no idea. This is like uncharted territory for me. Like, if I wanted to get into, you know, the the makeup scene. Right. Well, <laughs> what are your recommendations? <laughs> <laughs> I Where should know. I start? Go, go with the Korean, go with the Chinese. You're talking about makeup or skincare? Because it's two different things. Oh, and then right. there's a whole different skincare process if you wear makeup. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't believe I conflated those two things together. That's the point. Okay, but I mean, like... I don't know anything about skincare, but if I was to go into this, should I go with the Korean one or the Chinese? Um, I'm really aware of like Korean products and I know it's usually good. Like even the cheap ones are better than nothing. And because I went through an experience of like having really bad acne, I switched Mm. to like Uh, using a specific type of Korean product and it just worked. And I've just been using the same stuff since. Okay. All right. I'll take your word for it. I'll go Korean. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron, are you going to go Korean too? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I've had skincare, to be honest. Uh, why is it though? Like, do, do you find that a lot of guys tend to have nice skin even if they aren't using skincare products? Let's so sure. <laughs> yes but there is also like the surface looks good, but the underlying issues you, that you can't see are present. You just exactly. Don't, yeah. mm-hmm. Oh wait, like what? I wait. I gotta know about this. <laughs> well, age quicker. <laughs> <laughs> Wrinkles. They're coming oh, down. I see. So Korean yeah. skincare products are the ways that you know how there's a stereotype that Asians don't age. Is that mm-hmm. is that the yeah. secret? Yeah, but also you gotta start early because by the time you get old and you try and fix it, then it's already too late. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I see. I guess this is the call to JP and Aaron to start your own skincare yeah, routine. You know? <laughs> oh my god! You know, I think it helps that the climate there is a little more forgiving as well. Like here in Australia, it's very dry. Yeah, and especially when it comes to like summer. I and think stuff, it's real hot. Uh, the number one thing with skincare also is what people have been telling me is just to wear sunscreen, which yes. I never do. Yes, yes. Oh. and I should. <laughs> Oh. I was just so lazy to put on sunscreen. Oh. I was I was just gonna be like, oh yeah, guys, just remember the most important one is sunscreen. And then I'm just <laughs> I hear all of this and my heart's kind of hurt. <laughs> Especially from Australian summer, guys. It's so bad here. <laughs> you think so- it'd be so it's so simple, but so hard at the same time to do. <laughs> you just have to find the right one because I know there's like there's like a big i guess wow. like sometimes people think they can just put like a normal like everyday one and just slather all over the face that doesn't work but, yeah because the face is like either gets like too oily or it's like it's just your face just looks shiny all the day and all that stuff but it's oh, like <laughs> but it's like if you just find like a good facial sunscreen specifically it works wonders i'm just telling you that it's it's so a plus 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 but yes, please wear sunscreen. Delicious <laughs> <laughs> <Lisha> beauty tips. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess if any of you have any information about like you want to let us know about skincare, particularly maybe if you're more of like if you're more into Korean skincare or Western, Japanese, any 
any sort of skincare or if you just have any like tips on how we can make our skins look amazing and beautiful for the summertime um please let us know through asian pump nation on our instagram twitter and facebook Hey, this is Asian Pop Nation, you lucky ducks. We just played three songs. The first was Time Is On Our Side by Millet. After that, we jumped over to Korea with a song by Ha Sung Woon featuring Don Mills called Strawberry Gum. And the last song we played was Ten's Paint Me Naked because something that is often shipped around the world are paintings. But we're going to talk a little bit about some paintings that shouldn't have been traveling that far from India. So keep it here if you want to hear more. India is set to welcome 14 antiques worth about 2.2 million US dollars from the National Gallery of Australia. This is the fourth repatriation of artworks allegedly stolen by a smuggler, including six sculptures, six photographs, and a scroll. So the National Gallery of Australia, allegedly, they acquired dozens of pieces between 1989 to 2009 from a Subhash Kapoor's New York Gallery, who are actually on trial in India right now for several cases of fraud and antique theft. So a good deal of stuff in the National Gallery is stolen, and a lot of it's just going to be returned. Do you guys go to galleries a lot, like museums, that sort of thing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Really rare. Yeah, you are. That's okay. Perhaps you're the better one of us. Because because we're looking at stolen artifacts. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing though. I'm so torn about it because like I like learning about this stuff and seeing it like in person, like eye to eye. But at the same time, it's like, you know, it doesn't really belong here, right? Mm -hmm. it, It should really go back. So I mean, do you guys feel torn as well? Or are you all like are you all actually like consciously morally clean like me <laughs> is any think... of us morally clean yes oh go for it. Uh, i was gonna say i think a lot of if it doesn't belong to that particular country it should go back to where it originated from and then that country of origin can lease it out which is what Egypt does with their mummies. I did find it interesting because I remember watching a video that Vox did about the British Museum and how a lot of its artifacts are stolen. Mm-hmm. And JP, you and I went to the British Museum for the school trip. Yes, we did. And it's like really fascinating because uh, you get to see so many aspects of the world in one it, place. Oh, uh, yeah. And I'm, so, I'm sure like a lot of children who visit there, they're like, oh, my gosh, I really want to now travel to Egypt or travel to, to South America and go see all of these um, ruins and artifacts that are there as well. But then again, it's like they didn't really get permission to have them there. They just, oh, pretty, and then took it and left. Mm. It's almost, they make a spectacle out of the culture in a way that way. Yeah. (laughs) But then you've got that issue, right, with the places that these artifacts originally came from might be in war. They might not be, I guess, maintained, especially when you think about the Middle East at the moment. There was a few articles I've read in the past where quite a few of their traditional monuments and buildings have been decrepit or have been bombed. Mm. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah. So yeah, like all of that history perhaps would be gone if it wasn't somewhere safe. And I put that yeah. in quotation oh. marks. 
You're gonna get canceled, Xenia. <laughs> She's promoting the white savior. <laughs> She's got a oh, point, no. though. Yeah, I don't She's know. Like, does it mean that it's just like leased indefinitely? And then once they get everything together, it seems relatively stable and we can start caring about sort of preservation again, not Uh, just the basic, like, am I going to survive the next day? Then is that a reasonable way of dealing with it? I don't know. So many questions. I mean, Leisha, do you have any like spicy thoughts on this? (laughs) Spicy thoughts? I don't know. I think I'm on the same boat too. I'll be honest. I know not so spicy, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm like in the same boat too, where it's kind of like a double-edged sword. It's like one hand, it's like, wow. As someone who really likes going to galleries and stuff like that, it's it is pretty cool. Like seeing like, yeah, seeing especially like not to be boys or anything, but like Asian. <laughs> like <laughs> Asian, like, Asian population, Leisha. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> like like Asian artifacts and stuff they're being displayed and I'm like wow that's it's so beautiful it's so cool and then like yeah and then just in the back of my mind just being like damn this could have been back in like the home turf their home country and stuff and yet it's here in this western society and and uh it's a lot it's a lot it's again it's like a double-edged sword I think but yeah wow (laughs) not spicy at all I know (laughs) no but spicy enough Aaron can you beat this spice no (laughs) <laughs> all right we'll take it <laughs> i think we were talking too much about spice earlier that now it's just scattered all over the show it's really a segment now we turn it to the museum of spices yeah museum of spices <laughs> like if you think about it a lot of museums a lot of the things you see in museums or like international sorts of museums the objects there don't come from like the nation they come from other places right if we give away all the things what if there are like no museums left you know that's true yeah yeah you know what i mean yeah i I think the only thing i can think is like the best compromise is like if you have the artifacts already may as well keep it and if they ask for it back you know just give it back i mean does it sound reasonable or yeah that's reasonable i think Uh, if the object has a cultural significance and it needs to be returned then it should be just shipped off you know yeah just ship Mm -hmm. it off it's gotta be it's gotta be real expensive though. You know how much padding you have to put mm. in those things? Oh my yeah, you don't want it. It's a museum, it's enough. got plenty of money, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how it is. This is like a spicy YouTube video. The spicier it is, the more comments there will be. <laughs> so if you got a spicy opinion on this spicy topic, <laughs> oh my goodness, Stop this let guy. us know on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Let's get that discussion rolling. Woo! Let the spices flow. Yeah. Thanks for tuning into Asian Pop Nation. We played a triple thread of songs. The first was Cherry Coke's Ping Pong. After that was Pimu Pai's Opai. After that, we played Hao Lin's Summer or Summer featuring Da Song because I really miss summer. I know we're getting closer to spring here in Melbourne, but it's just kind of cold all the time. But something that has happened recently during the summer was, of course, the Summer Olympics. We've got an Olympics super fan that we wanted to talk a little bit about here on Asian Pop Nation. So we all know that the Olympics has been over for, I think, about a week now. The Paralympics is about to begin soon. But recently, a 51-year-old IT company president in Japan, Kyoko Ishikawa, has been traveling around the world to attend every Summer Olympics since 1992, but wasn't able to attend the one on her home turf 
in Tokyo and Japan this year because of COVID 19. But at, I know it's disappointing. But at the Barcelona Olympic Games in, I think, 1992, she met this man called Natoshi Yamada, who had attended every Summer Olympics since 1964. They called him the Uncle Olympics in Japan, and Ishikawa acted as his deputy until he passed away in 2019. And despite restrictions, she kind of wore this traditional festival outfit from Japan and had a headband, which says victory in Japanese, and cheered for athletes in her home. And She's worn this outfit pretty much for every Olympics now and carries a whistle and two folding fans with the Japanese flag on them. So, very epic get up for a super fan. And I know not many of us particularly were that invested in the Olympics, but if you could be a super fan for anything, if you could travel the world for anything, what would you throw your life away for?、Mm. Anything you love that much? I feel like first my plan would be have to be a, like, I would have to be a company president like her. <laughs> Rolling <laughs> so, in the dough, yeah. Exactly. So I even have money to just like throw into like my passions and being like a super fan, essentially. Yeah. That's like my step one. So I'm, like, <laughs> I'm just thinking first, like, how do I become a multimillionaire? And then I'll think about the super fan thing. But what about the rest of you guys? Do you have like a one you have in mind already? If I was rich, I would make a life sized Evangelion mech and I would travel the world in that. I would be an Evangelion super fan. Oh, no. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> so you, you dedicate all of your money to making this mech? Yes,、mecha? I would. But wouldn't it be more fun if you had other mecha to fight against? Well, I mean, hmm. I'll leave that to the military to do. Like, <laughs> I think at that point, they would probably raid my headquarters and steal my blueprints, that sort of thing. So, like, I'd And then be you can、sitting. turn it into an anime. You can turn it into a continuation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Genesis. Yeah. The last movie did come out recently. So, you know, that, this could be the way we continue it. Oh, my God. Iron <laughs> Celeste, what are your thoughts? Anything you'd be. A super fan of. I was gonna say BTS, but like recently、uh, they had like a Zoom call with 200 armies, and I don't know how they were selected, but I wasn't one of them.、So、<laughs> how dare、oh. they? Yeah. <laughs>、oh, so I'm gonna switch, I'm gonna jump ship and just like pick some other K pop group and be a super fan. And then, yeah. <laughs> well, what would a super fan like consist of? Because I've seen a lot of K pop fans, but I, I don't know the extreme people go to for.、Um, oh. They usually buy the albums, merch, travel to all their concerts.、Um, Lots of stalking. Yeah. Do they stalk? <laughs> Wait, do、uh, they? It depends on who, like, the type of fan. There's some extreme ones. <laughs> yeah. Which are bad. Yeah, the extreme、um, ones have their own.、Category. I can't be bothered stalking. That's just too much effort. <laughs>、oh. <laughs> I just like go to their fan meetings and say hi, you know? I think there are different axes for being a super fan here. Like,、yeah. you have, like, you know, lawful good and. <laughs> <laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah. So, like, you'd have like the super fan axis on the horizontal. Yeah. Horizontal. But then, whether you're a good, like, morally good or like just depraved, that's on a different axis, you know? <laughs> so, like, you're going to have to pick which path you walk down.、Celeste. Are you a lawfully good super fan, Celeste? I will be lawfully good. Lawfully good. <laughs> they have their own lives. I don't care what they do. Just, that's just good. Just sing me songs. That's good. <laughs> 
You wouldn't want to be one of those like lucky girls who gets to marry a K-pop star. Oh, no. <laughs> that's just weird. <laughs> that's and then much. they can sing songs to you. So that's like the best part. You know it's about you. Yeah. No. Because <laughs> I like them as a group. I don't want the individual person unless they're like a really good song. <laughs> marry all of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, can you imagine yeah. marrying the whole group? Like you're on a throne and they're We just had any TV shows like that or anything, I don't know, resembling like a drama. Oh, actually, no, apparently they were meant to make a drama based on BTS, but we're still waiting oh. for that to happen. So oh. yeah. That's an interesting plot line, JP, but I don't think they'd do it because I'm sure a lot of fans would be quiet sad <laughs> well i mean investors if you're listening all, <laughs> you know here's an opportunity we just need to make a list of all the ideas and then if any investors come along here <laughs> yeah. all the things we thought of but aaron what about you what is your super fandom dedicated to i know this is gonna be obvious either huki summoners the composer but if not i might go with probably are we ever talk about webtoons or not Yes, yeah, go for yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. Probably one called the Pebble Haters. I think that's how you say it. I could be wrong with the name part. H Y A C I N T H. Oh, I don't know how to say that either. What I can't say? Hyacinth. I think it's just say hyacinth. Just pretend that's right. Yeah, hyacinth. We'll just say that word. Yeah. Ooh, I didn't think. What would a super fan of a webtoon be like? Yeah. Merch. Yeah, <laughs> merch. Support them on Patreon. Cosplay. Yeah. Cosplay. Oh my uh, god. Yeah, that's the one thing I won't do. Why not? Uh, I don't cosplay. Aaron, that's the last tier you need to pass before becoming a super fan. So if you can't do that, you're you're stuck on subpar. Super <laughs> fan. Yeah. <laughs> You have to surpass that level. I cosplayed once for graduation, and that's the last time I cosplay. Was it because it was a traumatic experience, or you just don't see the appeal? I don't see the appeal. I tried it once. It was like, oh, okay, I'm just cosplaying. Jens just throwing it back in the closet. That's it. Wait, who were you cosplaying? I was a mad doctor. Oh, cool. Like a Wait. generic mad doctor? <laughs> like that, I guess. Okay. Mm-hmm. But that's just that's dressing it. up. It's different to... <laughs> Being the character, yeah, yeah cosplay involves yeah, like the character role play elements and stuff. I <laughs> uh, still didn't like it. Okay, that's all right. I each their own. So that's another interesting one because as a composer, how would you be a super fan fan for a composer? Oh, simple. Plays music all over the town and travel wherever we go. That's all you listen to. You learn how to play it on every instrument. Yeah, pretty much. And I also find the Salmono drop. Legit, there's a whole video on YouTube like dedicated about the history about the Salmono drop. Or what is the Salmono drop? I see. I imagine Aaron like driving around in a truck and he's just like blaring. You know those political bands? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's like one of those. <laughs> That's kind of want to give that a shot now. Yeah, go for Actually, it. Dude, yeah. let's set up a political party. We'll do it just so we can like play Sawano soundtracks. <laughs> the Sawano party. Yeah. If you want to tell us who you'd be a super fan for and what you would do for your, what do you call like the people that you're a fan of? Is it just, just that? <laughs> There's no term. You've got fan and then you got, uh, I don't know. You know what I mean. So let us know on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
And yeah, we look forward to reading what you guys come up with. You're listening to Asia Pop Nation. We played three songs from Korea. The first was Lauren's Need. After that was AB6's Walking in the Rain. And then the last song we played was Yuha's Cherry on Top. Because something that was just the cherry on top to a great song is the collab that was just released with Duran Duran featuring Chai called More Joy. So we're going to talk a little bit about some of our favorite collabs between the East and the West now. All right, so if you're a big 80s music lover like me, then you will know that Duran Duran has released a new single called More Joy and it features Japanese rock band Chai. Woo! Yeah, has anyone here heard it? I haven't heard More Joy, but I've heard of Chai and then that one song by Duran Duran, who I, I know I've listened to this song, but I keep forgetting. Hungry Like a Wolf. Or yes. Or like the other uh-huh. popular one is Rio. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I might know Rio if I heard it, but I don't think I can recall it by name. I would sing it, but like I also <laughs> I can't remember how to sing it. It's a specific way, and it's just like it, this is Duran Duran. Um, anyway, for if you are fans of Duran Duran, like the latest song, and they're releasing a new album as well, is pretty much reminiscent of just their music from the eighties, and it's just a throwback. So yeah, and so the song was born out of a jam session with their keyboardists and. They were reminded of retro Japanese video games as they were making the song and they wanted to include a female vocal line in there as well. So that's where they brought in Chai um, to say more joy through the song. And I kind of wish they had more of a part in it than just say more joy. Oh, so yeah. That's all they do? That's all they say? Yeah, I just listened to the song not too long ago. It's just more joy. Oh, I um, mean, yeah. um, but they've also got mini music video, and it's kind of just like a little animation with some Japanese elements. If you want to check that out, but yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on this collab? If anyone actually has listened to it and like collaborations in general, I do like collabs. There's been quite a few happening recently. There was that one that Alton John did with yes, who was the Re- artist? Rina yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Chosen family, y'all. <laughs> that just my heart. <laughs> so good. But has that been common in the past or is that just a recent phenomenon where it is common. It's just people don't pay as much attention to it. Or depends on like which circles you are, because when K-pop groups collab with Western artists, like I'm well aware of that happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Any other collabs of late that I, I can't seem to remember? One would be Lady Gaga with Blackpink, and then Blackpink oh, also yes. collabed with a few other female artists yeah, from yeah. the West. Oh, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Really? They did a Dua Lipa collab. I've heard of the yeah. Selena Gomez and Cardi B, but do you feel like it is good or is it just more like a way of hopefully increasing their audience? <laughs> 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 Look, I think... The collab doesn't really bring a bigger audience because, like, the audience is already there. It's just the artists are just coming together to make good music, making magic happen is what I think of it. Yeah. (laughs) It's very cute, very, like, fun, I think. Yeah, I'm always open to, like, collabs all the time. It's just really cool to see, especially ones where I guess the artists either they both of the artists their genres are quite different and then they yeah. decide to collab and then it's like wow wow you're being surprised at what they came up exactly, with exactly yeah and it's like oh which genre we lean more into yeah and it, like 
that's just really cool to me not gonna lie very i'm open to it all the time yeah it is also quite a good marketing ploy i won't lie but (laughs) (laughs) jp aaron do you have any collabs that you were excited or have heard that are between asian and western artists well not recently but the greatest one i could i can remember is maiden abyss yeah you oh. guys yeah you know um the person who did the soundtrack i they kevin weren't pankin. japanese kevin, kevin, kevin pankin kevin pankin yeah he's australian, he's australian? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just, oh my god yeah the soundtrack dude from maiden abyss was an australian guy oh. and it's hella good yeah. Makes me even more hype for the game. My goodness. <laughs> Is he going to compose the music as well? Oh, I if don't know, but if he does. Yeah, but if, if they made a main abyss game without Kevin picking it, there's going to be an uprise by me in it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll join. I'll join yeah. you, man. But, Kevin uh, Pickett's also a video game composer, isn't he? From really? what I remember. Yeah, he did compose a game that was on mobile device called Florence, if I remember correctly. Oh, Florence, yes, oh. yes. Um, yeah, I played that. that- soundtrack is so good it is really good oh what's the game about <laughs> um it's a touch game interaction especially you tell especially the game follows uh one of the fe- it follows a female character but there's no <laughs> name and no dialogue interaction it's basically you pull pieces together inside of a story yeah so it's like- her name is florence is from okay. what i remember she's part chinese or like of chinese Descent. and it just explores her life going into a relationship starting a new job outside of accounting so she becomes an artist and then like it cycles through that and like you know heartbreak and stuff like that it, it's so cute. cute yeah it's <laughs> lovely it's short and it's on most touch devices i think i'm not sure if it's on things like steam but oh. the producers or like the company that made is Mountain Games, developed by Ken Wong, Kamina Vincent, and a few other people I can't remember. <laughs> I just can't imagine a story like that having music like made it a bit. <laughs> is it oh. similar in style? Like the kind of orchestral, otherworldly, in or is it more dancing? Game, I think the guy is a musician and so he plays music and oh. it like brings her in is what i remember it's it's been ages since i played it because it came out in like 2018 and is that similar for you aaron that kind of any collabs that you found interesting between east and west i guess another explanation i can think of is probably well two one of them was composer evan cole who did the violin garden movie and the series in general and he's british if i remember correctly that does suit the theme right that kind yeah. of <laughs> yeah that is probably one of his best work in my opinion other than that this is not exactly uh, you know the game called league of legends and stuff like that oh yeah yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah there was a trailer that did again by Salano, who did the trailer theme song called line and shower with singer gimme and they did the trailer theme song for it for the upcoming uh skin they did back in 2019 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Again, I never played League of Legends. I just like the music. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Anything with Salano attached, Aaron's onto it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> There's like another one that's like on oh, the yeah. tip of my tongue. Oh my god, it's a song I heard. It's on TikTok. That's the only reason <laughs> I heard of it. Alicia, you don't have to admit that. It's okay. <laughs> it's a crime. I know. <laughs> No, it's so I don't know if you know there's a song I'm not gonna sing it but it's like it keeps going like Gilepi whatever yeah um I don't know but <laughs> what was the word <laughs> uh uh Gilepi which is a type of um like uh it's actually a type of sweet I think in like Indian cuisine but then huh? it's being used in the song for 
reasons. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Open for interpretation, but like it's the song is done by the original song is done by this guy called Tesher. Tesher, if I'm remembering it correctly, he is um. He is like South Asian, but I think he's either American or Canadian, one of the two. Um, and then he released that song originally, but then it got really popular on TikTok that Jason Derulo <laughs> actually came. And then they released a whole video with him featuring in the song with it. I guess it's kind of similar to like, if you know, Jason Derulo did like a savage love thing and then BTS like yeah it's kind of like something like that but yeah that that one's like the most recent one i can think about like asian music and western music just coming in together and i knew that from tiktok and i'm not sure if that is something to be proud we can we can try and be young again (laughs) (laughs) all right so let us know of any cool collabs that you know of and that we've missed we'd love to hear it and we're gonna play that song for you it's by duran duran featuring chai it's called more joy yay you're listening to asian pop nation we played a triple thread of songs the first was duran duran's more joy featuring chai an epic 80s band collab with indie japanese band so we talked a little bit about that earlier afterwards we played a song by james ivy called Last Star, which was part of Sin's Sweet Sixteen. And the last song we played was Grey featuring Kugi and their song, I Don't Love You. Because a particular British DJ and producer doesn't seem to love K-pop very much, so we're going to talk a little bit about the controversy that was stirred from his Twitter comments right here. So... (laughs) Just this hearing about this, just kind of like, I don't know whether to laugh, or my blood starts boiling. I'm not sure one of the two, but there is this, there's a British producer and DJ who has recently kind of come under fire after making claims that K-pop is still referred to as more like a niche type of genre within the West and that its fans are suspicious for using anime profile pictures within like the social media platforms and stuff. And the DJ used BTS specifically as an example and claimed that the group is quote-unquote only as big as they are due to relentless corporate support. And I guess um, a quote that he said was... Seriously, how many K-pop fans do you know personally? Is there is it possible corporations are pushing BTS so hard because it's not working? There's a lot of big corp incentive for the K-pop model of cultural manufacturing to work over here. <laughs> I can't even I can't even talk about I, I again it's like laugh or pain, I'm not sure. <laughs> but what what do you guys think about I guess this whole claims that k-pop is very suspicious to dude are australians even real like they live on the bottom <laughs> side of the world. Like, they so fall flat, like you know maybe yeah. they just forgot about it yeah <laughs> might be a psyop look i just want to say bts were big before the corporates came in to do the advertisements like they didn't need any of their help and the corporates themselves they pay money and licensing for bts to be promoting with their brand so just because you don't have corporate support british producer (laughs) i don't even know your name sorry not my problem (laughs) (laughs) 
It's interesting though. Like I'm wondering, especially for like the anime fans of this group, what do you <laughs> think <laughs> of their justification of saying that K-pop fans are suspicious because of their usage of why anime K-pop? profile pictures? Why are K-pop fans <laughs> using anime pictures to be? I don't know. <laughs> I swear, I thought it would be like they. At least from what I see, most of them use like like. Photos and stuff of their favorite members as their profile picture and all, and then the occasional few of them use like anime ones. But yeah. I just thought it's just like they just like meshing two of their favorite interests or something, or they just think it's aesthetically really pretty. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I I personally like anime profile pictures. I guess because you you eventually like if you notice someone has that picture, like yes. We can become friends if we ever <laughs> decide to talk about our favorite anime. But I just think I don't know. Is it suspicious? Is it like? Does it seem like they're gonna scam you? I don't know, JP. What do you What do you think when you see an anime profile picture and someone's profile on social media? Like, I think by principle, if you see someone with an anime profile picture, you should suspect them. <laughs> like something's up with them. Like you lose every right to be human as soon as you use. An anime profile no! picture, including me. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm a second-rate citizen right now, so <laughs> like you know, that's how it'd be. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm wondering how in the world did he come to those conclusions? Living okay, under a rock. <laughs> oh, yeah, so I imagine weird. that's very odd. I'm like, okay, here's like another part because it's like one. He was like talking about this anime fiasco, but there's also him making claims that in general that K-pop is still considered quite like a niche genre in the West. Do you guys agree with no. that? <laughs> I mean, they keep just... on getting number one on the Billboard charts for mm-hmm. ages, especially BTS. I don't know. That's mm-hmm. not like. I was like, the, yeah. when we say K-pop, it's essentially just pop music. It's not niche. Like it's just supposed <laughs> to be from Korea. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's literally popular music that happens to be Korean as well. So it's like actually interesting point though, because at least from how I perceive things, I think there's still quite a clear gap. I mean, a clear distinction between K-pop and whatever pop we listen to in mm. the West. Right? It's almost as if we kind of. Organize or we cluster the entirety of K-pop into that one umbrella term, right? Mm-hmm. K-pop. I imagine that might be why he got that perception mm-hmm. of K-pop being niche. At least it's very separate. Yeah, there's like a thing recently. Actually, I think the MTV VMAs Video Music Award thing. They uh, announced like the awards, like the nominees and stuff like that. And mm. they did the usual thing, which a lot of I realize a lot of Western music award shows do a lot, where they lump like K-pop into like just the one genre, just on like their own. And even if Let's say, for example, BTS did like a music video, and it was like visually really pretty, and it it it's so like the music video production is like really good to the point that it could be, like it could fit into any other category referring to like best music video or best choreography. Like no, it just gets put in like K-pop in like best K-pop music video category, and then that's kind of it. And then every once in a while, it, they like BTS is like put into the different genres, but it seems to be they still, I guess in the Western world, it is kind of lumped into that's their thing and here's pop, but here is K-pop in like... The West loves to like have categories and put labels on things when Mm. it's so irrelevant. Like when when you look at, was it Parasite as well? Mm. Best 
foreign film. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, and it was so weird. They did the same with Minari, even though Minari is like a Korean American yeah. film, and they still put it in like just the foreign category, even though it's made by a guy who is literally he is American. He's just Asian as well, and it's hmm, yeah, the West. Yeah, some issues. Some issues. <laughs> yeah, some issues to uncover. Well, I mean, in terms of that boundaring thing, I think naturally those boundaries are going to break down over time. Like, I think at least by the time we're sixty or eighty, things are going to be really different. Well, I mean, like history moves slowly. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't expect these things. Yeah, to come it's like over you say now. that, but it's like these categories popped up because they originally were in this pop song, and then they made a new category just to other it out sort of mm-hmm. thing. oh really mm-hmm. yeah new thing. oh interesting mm-hmm. yeah I mean, that's kind of sad mm-hmm. i just but, just kind of like, yeah 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 but i mean just in terms of the general movement of the world like with how quickly connected everything is becoming i think naturally these borders are going to dissolve one way or another mm-hmm. like they're like even if you look at movies of the past there's this movie i really like called leon the professional and like people get confused from where it's from because you watch it and it's in english but then you search up some details about it and it turns out it was actually french made so what is it is it like an english western movie or is it a french movie i don't know man I don't know. You know, in the earlier segment, we talked about collaborations and stuff. We got people all over the world making stuff together. At some point, it's all going to be mixed up into one bowl. We are reaching a singularity. Soon we will all join up into one collective unconscious and we will become. Yeah, you can tell I watch Evangelion. If he's starting, <laughs> his, trying to start his own utopia. No, <laughs> no it's not that I'm starting it, it's inevitable. <laughs> Which is even even scarier. That's yeah. right. That's how it is. We're reaching the singularity. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yes, a melting pot of just <laughs> I don't know why it just gave, gave me like presidential campaign vibes. The whole Bro, about becoming me, one. <laughs> me for president of Australia. We don't have presidents here, but I'm going to make it such. <laughs> First act as president. That's right. Let's go. (laughs) If our listeners have any uh, particular comments about what do you think it's suspicious of using anime profile pictures in social media platforms, or whether you just have, I guess, opinions about how K pop, like K pop's movement in general in the West, let us know on Asian Pop Nation on our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Also, vote for me as president. Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to Asian Pop Nation. We played three back-to-back songs. The first was TK Maidza's Onto Me featuring Umi. After that, we played I Don't Like Mondays, Norari Kurari. And the last one we played was Hyo's second featuring BB Because something that's getting a second adaptation is the one, the only Avatar The Last Airbender. And we know how the first adaptation went. And Majamalan... So we're going to talk a little bit more about that now and some news on the Avatar front. Water, earth, fire, air. Four elements of the Avatar series. That's all I know so far. And luckily I managed to start watching episode 11. I don't like that episode a lot. Back to the point, to this topic. 
Avatar The Last Sembender has now officially announced two things. Well, technically one of them has been announced in the past was a live action series, but now they announced they're doing a tabletop RPG. And there's an official tabletop RPG that's Destiny Avatar and The Legend of Korron, which is a sequel series to the main series of Avatar, has just crowdfunded over $1 million in just a day. That's a new record. I mean, I don't know that. That's too much for me to count. The original goal for this RPG was around $50,000 or, yeah, $50,000. That will include a number of additional features such as the launch, including dice bags, playbooks, and additional NPCs. The developers of the game said about balance, your hero fights in the balance of the world, but also wrestles with maintaining balance while trying to achieve goals that says for themselves. They said the villains are never supply monsters, never met antagonists who be struck down by blasts of fire. They're instead people who are their own desires of personal struggles and their goals no matter how misguided. What? Does that any of that even mean? I... You were the true monsters all along. <laughs> to me, it sounds like Dungeons and Dragons, like that's, D&D. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm getting yeah, at as well. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of playing D&D, but okay, if I could pretend that. I'm a water nation... <laughs> <laughs> that's it roll some dice to like make a move or an attack of water and use the moon to blood band or something <laughs> like, gotta roll like a was it a 12 or something <laughs> a d20 that's what it was yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. yeah. <laughs> like how exactly are they gonna do this anyway for this rpg yeah i'm wondering because like do we have any details on what type of game this actually is like is it like D D? like it's Celeste a tabletop said? isn't it if that tabletop yeah, yeah, implies mm-hmm. okay what is a dice bag and play books what does that ever mean it's like the dice bags you just have like a bunch of dice you roll it around you get like the natural 20s and you got like just normal attacks and stats and all that stuff but npcs i don't get that still anyway yeah like it just sounds like dungeons and dragons to me <laughs> yeah and i'm sure you could potentially just change Dungeons and Dragons to be in like an avatar you can. world. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So basically it's the same system. It's just the lore is different. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds sick. <laughs> Bro, I want to play that right now. Imagine the cabbage man is the main villain, the antagonist. <laughs> oh, oh, he's back. Dude. <laughs> Speaking of the Cabbage Man, we'll put a Cabbage Man. I want him as the antagonist, but never mind that. Netflix also has announced they have cast the main leads for the Avatar The Last Ember series on Netflix. Yay! Yeah. Cast now has cast Asian and Indigenous actors, actress. For these roles, we have Gordon Comino playing Aang, who is Filipino. Can we want to Toyo? I think that's pronounced. Kaya Wintia. Kaya Wintia. Is that how you say it? I think that's how you say it. I'm going to go with that. Plays Katara, who is uh, Mohawk. Ian Osley playing Soka is Cherokee. And yep. Dallas Liu playing Zuko is part Chinese. Yay. I don't know who any of these actors are, to be honest. I, think I don't either, though. but I love it. I love <laughs> I know, how they know. included I... indigenous actress mm-hmm. and actors and actresses as well. Yeah. Yeah, I same. Mean, the, the lore of Avatar is like Asian anyway. So it makes Asian, sense. Yeah. yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. Good. And traditional. So we're bringing in. Indigenous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like the actual cast about this one, Beyonce. I actually hope this cast goes well because also they have, it's also like diverse for all of them. I was going to say, we can forget about the, was it M. Night Shyamalan version? Like, <laughs> <laughs> please, someone that bad cast I'm sorry. Light <laughs> my memory of that moment. It's hanging on the wall right now. I can kind of imagine all of these actors and actresses as 
their characters. I mean, Sokka, I mean, you know, so it looks kind of like Sokka anyway, <laughs> at least yeah. in his picture. <laughs> they look really good. Like, even the one for Katara, she looks like badass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really cool. Oh my god. It's just like, but when I look at Egg, I'm like, oh, you're just a kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's much yeah, younger he's a- than he, yeah. Yeah. But- what do you do about the romance? <laughs> yeah, the romance. What do you do about that? That's going to be the interesting question. We'll see, oh. I guess. Wait, in, in the original Avatar, wasn't Katara was kind of older than Aang already, right? Yeah, but yeah. you could kind of see the sim. Like they were sort of. The gap wasn't that big. It doesn't look that big, but yeah. I guess with the live action, it, it does kind of look like that. Kid's a kid. <laughs> You've got Aang is older than all of them. You've got because he was trapped inside the island. <laughs> oh, technically. <laughs> technically, Aang is the oldest. <laughs> uh, officer, she's not a little girl. She's a 4,000 year old dragon. No, oh, God, no. <laughs> I've heard a few people saying that they think maybe the story will try and put Katara and Zuko together because of the yes! age. <laughs> oh, yes! <laughs> You know what? I'm all for it. Let's go. I'm, I'm Seriously? Not, I'm so yes. far forever doubting. I think just a few people are theorizing because it just looks a bit weird if it's Aang and Katara in the My live dream. action. <laughs> all the more reasons. Is, is this why the original creators left? Because I'm so for it. <laughs> you think all of you will watch it even if, though the, the creators are gone? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's like watching a movie just to see how bad. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I did the same thing when it was like, I don't know, like the Netflix Wings Club thing. Where- yeah. Yeah. Oh, I still it, watch it. it. That doesn't count as Wings Club. That's something else. No, it's that's an, Emo it's, Club. Dude, it's like an emo, offshoot. Emo it's Wings Club. Riverdale. Dude, Riverdale. that's an offshoot of Twilight. <laughs> Do you think then this remake of Avatar will be Emo, emo no. Avatar? I would watch it more if that was the case. Like, I don't know if I've told you guys, I've been going through the Twilight series recently, and like, there's there's a twisted sense of joy I get watching it. So if this ends up being emo, I'll definitely look into it. No, I get that though. I love rewatching Twilight. (laughs) Well, I mean, I do. I hope the fight scenes are good. Yeah, yeah. Anything's because better than the Shyamalan's fight. Anything's better though, because all like from Shyamalan's movie, they're all like choreographed dance scenes. That's it. I don't like. I've blacked it out of my memory. I do not remember yeah, exactly. what has happened in that. Yeah, um, it's like choreographic, like choreographic dance fight scenes. That's basically it. My brain. Oh. Uh, I was gonna say with. The incorporation of indigenous actors and actresses, I think it would be really cool to bring in their culture as well mm-hmm. with, like, if they've got any dances. Like, I remember this one cartoon scene where they're at the Fire Nation doing the dance stuff there. Like, if one of the indigenous cultures has something like that, we'd love to see it. Knowing or... Anne, he's probably going to do the whole, like, in the Philippines, there's there's this traditional dance, though. I don't know if boys do it, but it's mostly girls that do it. When they do these dances, they get a bunch of bulls. And they balance them yeah. on top of their heads. That would be so cool yeah. to see. Oh my god. Yeah. And like knowing that Aang is a dumbass, I think he would do that. <laughs> like, naturally, you know? Well, there's one good thing about the about Avatar so far that I finally get to I'm finally past episode eleven. Yay! Yay. Yay. I'm watching it. Yeah, give us updates, Aaron, as you, you go along. You got like 30 more to go. 
I don't it's, like when the two like those two tribes I really didn't like. Like there was one episode like basically called Phila Ark. I'm gonna call it that. Mm-hmm. And it's basically like it's basically one massive like argument between one character. That's it. Like what happened when like during that hundred years or so, like with this character, did he get arrested for something or did he get framed for something? I hated that episode so much. It's in the first season. It's like Aang's old oldish friends. It's about a football in the end of the Oh, oh I love oh, that. Yeah. That was fun. I love that. The side stories are so important though. They just the end to things. Yeah, it like builds world building. <laughs> I play just like, is that it? All this time it was all about a football. But it's about the message of peace, you know? <laughs> it gets better. It gets better, Aaron. hang on on the train please (laughs) i think it's interesting because this from like you know this whole avatar thing not just with the series but also like the tabletop rpg thing it really just like in it just gets in my head that it's like wow nostalgia really be the marketing point (laughs) everything now because of like the icarly revival as well wait really there was an icarly revival what yeah, like a month or so ago from now. Yeah. yeah. And that one's actually pretty people. I haven't watched it, but from what good. I've heard, it's actually quite decent because they actually the content is actually catering to the fans who have grown with the show and now they're a bit older. So they like I was worried they're gonna like double down the like the content. I don't know, but yeah, it's just interesting to see this rise of shows that probably we all have like known when we were much younger and then now they're having like a resurgence era at the moment it's crazy wow <laughs> it's actually good i can give it that mm-hmm. just don't talk to me about teen titans go and we'll be okay <laughs> that that's yeah. one revival i do not wish to never see again we're entering so a nice. renaissance that's Look. true yeah aaron wait you were saying something i still want the third season of teen titans I know. Uh, oh my god! No, the last it it just uh uh-uh, that's not a solid end, and it breaks my heart every time that that's the all we're gonna get. We got the movie. Movie. That's right, Tokyo one. Yeah. Was, oh my god, Starfire Robin. <laughs> and the crossover episode with the original uh, versus new. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I feel like I feel like that one was just for like fan service. It didn't doesn't serve much for the plot. Anyhow, people. If you want to know anything more about well, Avatar, especially if you want to have your own opinions to say if Avatar the Last Ember is going to be a good RPG tabletop or going to be a bad RPG tabletop, what do you think about it? And also, what do you thought about the cast? Did you watch the show of Avatar the Last Ender on Netflix or not? It's all the parts in you. Like, that's what depends on everyone. I probably suggest you would. Probably in the future. Anyhow, that's all I can say. Thanks for listening. And also, if you want to follow us on AJ Pub Nation, make sure you follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. <laughs> You're listening to Asian Pop Nation. We played three songs. The first was The Boys's Thrill Ride. After that was 1300's Smash Mouth. And the last song we played was Child Spot's Groovy Night. Because we hope you had a groovy night tonight with us here at Asian Pop Nation with myself, Aaron, Celeste, JP, and Leisha. We're going to finish things off with a tonga. A form of Japanese song or verse with a 57577 syllable pattern. And this is just to summarize what we've talked about on tonight's show and also what you might have missed if you didn't get to catch all of our discussions. So here it goes. <laughs> Landlords ban spices. Indian antiques returns. K-pop's suspicious? 
Avatar Casts announced K Skincare loses its fans. Awesome! So if you want to share your thoughts on the show and also what your weekly tanka would look like, just summarizing what you got up to this week, we'd love to hear it. Just message us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Asia Pop Nation. And also feel free to leave your song requests if you want to send us some of the songs that you've been listening to from Asian artists and bands. We'd be happy to play them. Just make sure you send them through by Friday, Australian Eastern Standard Time, midday. So we look forward to seeing some more requests from our lovely listeners there. You can also listen to our podcasts. We compile all of our discussions into a podcast episode. You can check it out wherever you get your podcasts. And we, again, would really like to thank you for listening to our show tonight and we hope to catch you again next Tuesday and for our Hungry Ghosts Festival so we're going to tell a few scary ghost stories and hopefully it'll be a fun time hopefully you'll tune in then this is Senya on behalf of the APN team signing off and leaving you with this song by BDC called Moonwalker kind of fitting isn't it? anyway, sign good night.